It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's start with the carbon tax free-for-all here. This is a battle free royal. Free-for-all is right. Everybody over the top rope into the ring battling it out on this now. Listen to Pierre Polyev here yesterday. So this is the federal conservative leader. I think, like you said yesterday, the federal conservatives must be loving this carbon tax oh, yeah. issue here. Oh, yeah. So they, they just love that. They just love that Trudeau made this move on home heating oil here. Listen to Polyev here going after Trudeau yesterday. I want to make a deal with him. We all know that we're not going to agree on the carbon tax. He wants to raise it. I want to axe it. We all know that. Let's pause the carbon tax on all home heating until Canadians go to the polls so that we can have a carbon tax election. <laughs> a carbon tax election. He yeah. would love that. Well, yeah. of course. Yeah. But it's a great issue for Poliev. Yeah. Um, we've talked for some time about how sort of a number of events that come together to make a tax revolt type issue yeah. uh, more have more resonance than it would have had five or ten years ago because the cost of living is such that um, people are looking for ways to pair costs and no one's talking about an income tax cut. No one's talking about a sales tax cut. Yeah. But the carbon tax is a relatively new tax. Well, certainly new, new in the federal. We've had it since 2008. So yes. It's old news in B.C., but it's a new tax on the federal scene. And that's why he panicked in Atlantic Canada, yeah. where uh, it's just was it was introduced at a time when the cost of living was much higher than it was when we introduced it in 2008. You know, recall, you know, the NDP opposed the carbon tax in 2008. Yeah. The B.C. Liberals championed it and ran an election in 2009 and won very easily. Yes. You know, one handily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was a dominant issue. Sure. So the public was certainly much more open to the idea of a carbon tax. The last poll I saw, Mark, from Main Street, or from Research Co., uh, was basically 50-50 split. Yes. You know? Yeah, support for the carbon tax going down. Going down, but yeah. still, you know, 50-50. So it's not, it's not universally unpopular, but it's yeah. vulnerable, yes. I think, to a political uh, campaign against it, which is why you saw the BC United this week unveil its um, modified plan to get rid of the carbon tax on a number of areas, most uh, most notably home heating, yeah, but also the, the agriculture sector. Yeah, uh, BC Conservatives are, you know, saying, "Wait, wait a minute, we were first. We, we want to get rid of this tax for the whole thing, for the whole thing." Yeah, just like Polyev. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and they've got their stake. So the, B- the BC NDP again. We talked about this yesterday. I, I still would be surprised if we don't see some modifications to the carbon tax in the spring budget. Okay, well, I spoke to Josie Osborne this morning on the show, the BC Energy Minister, and we talked about this, and she she gave no indication that they're willing to budge at all on the carbon tax. No. Because I asked her, what about uh, take, at least take it off natural gas for pe- people heating their homes this winter? No, no, not going there. And she slammed Kevin Falk yeah. and the BC United leader, accused him of being a flip-flopper. We've got to fight cl- climate change. So I'm sure that's where, that, like you said well, yesterday, this is what BC United wants. Yep. They don't want they, they don't want the government to budge on the carbon no, tax. No, they like to keep it yeah. there without any changes. I think the flip-flop argument, while technically true, yeah. doesn't really, I think, go anywhere with voters. I mean, the NDP flip-flopped too. Yeah, sure. I mean, the NDP they were originally opposed, opposed to the carbon tax. We, right. we played a clip yesterday of John Horgan dumping on the carbon tax. Yeah. Um, so the flip-flop, and that was, and Falcon got a little animated, shall we say, a couple of days ago when someone, one of the reporters said, aren't you just flip-flopping? And he said, no, there's not a flip-flop. And he points out, and I, I think there's validity to this, things have changed in 15 years. You know, yeah. should a politician stick to a position for forever? 
and never ever change their position. And if they do, they cause to flip flop. I think there's a bit of elbow room you can give uh, Falcon on this one. Okay, let's listen to pollster Nick Nanos here. Now, I think this sort of sums up the, the dilemma that Trudeau is in on, on this carbon tax because it comes down to like affordability. Like you said, this is the bass drum that Polyev is beating every day. And liberal polling numbers are, are not good at the national level. Let's, let's listen to Nanos here. We haven't seen numbers this bad for the liberals since, you know, since Stephen Harper was prime minister when they were in, almost in third place because people are struggling to pay for the groceries. They're struggling to pay for the rent or the mortgage. When I heard him say that yesterday, I thought the liberals are in third place. Yeah, there was a time there when yeah. when Jack NDP. Layton, Jack Layton, when, you know, when he was yeah. the NDP leader, actually moved up to second place. Yeah, and, and the liberals the NDP had more. You know, the NDP was competitive in Quebec. Yeah, which isn't the case anymore. Right. Uh, I mean, the only place the liberals are competitive in is Quebec, and yeah. that might be enough to deny Polly of a majority, but unlikely. But um, no, the liberals are in panic mode, which is what the reason I think they bailed on that carbon tax in Atlantic Canada. It's opened yeah. up all sorts of problems and openings for the political opponents, but it's also reignited the debate in other provinces. Scott Moe, yeah. Premier of Saskatchewan, already went to court unsuccessfully, is, uh, is talking about not collecting the carbon tax. I'm waiting to hear from Danielle Smith. I'm not sure where she's at yet, but she, I'm sure she can't wait to get into the fray opposing yeah. Ottawa. And now it's a, it's open the door for BC United to raise this as a, as a campaign issue. Okay, I got a clip here of uh, Josie Osborne. So here's the BC Energy Minister speaking to me a short time ago here. You got Kevin Falcon, the BC United leader, talking about scrapping a big chunk of the carbon tax. Here's what she had to say. Walking back on climate action like Kevin Falcon would do is absolutely the wrong choice. People need help with costs, but the BC United plan is the wrong approach. The price on pollution is a is an important signal, and it's a key plank of the Clean BC plan. And in fact, something that Kevin Falcon proposes, he's actually proud of or, or was proud of, but now he seems to be changing his mind. Your thoughts? Well, again, um, climate change is a is a top issue with uh, British Columbians, but it's not as high on the list. Poll after poll shows that the top issues are cost of living and inflation. Um, uh, uh, Health care is another big one. Uh, and, and, and housing. Those dwarf every other issue. So, yes, people are concerned about climate change, and we're reminded of that every season when we get record floods or wildfires. And I think people do want to do what they can to fight climate change. But I think politicians are tapping into the sentiment that people don't want to pay with their wallets. And yeah. that is a situation that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Let's talk about the B.C. government's uh, multiplex housing plan here. Yeah, another big the bill yesterday. Housing density. So this would allow up to six homes on a single family lot if you're near transit. If you're near rapid transit. Right. Or typically up to four homes yep. on a single family lot. And it includes a provincial override of municipal powers on this. They want to build more homes. Here's the housing minister, Ravi Kalan. Let's listen. This pilot program will provide eligible homeowners with forgivable loans, up to $40,000 to turn one of their spaces in their homes to an extra rental suite or ADU. Through this pilot program, we hope to create 3,000 homes across British Columbia. That's 1,000 homes every single year. Okay, that's part of the plan here to that's densify. That's the side program. That's yeah. the, that's the get a forgivable loan to build a secondary suite yeah. in your house. Yeah. What do you um, think of this plan, the density plan in neighborhoods? I think this is going to well, work. Oh, it's very interesting. So I think it may, it may rankle some municipal councillors. Yeah. But it's got to be potentially enticing to homeowners. 
<laughs> I was just sitting in the news conference yesterday. Hmm. So I can put four homes on my lot now. I can build four homes. And what's going to be interesting? What does this do to the market price? Yeah. Uh, do homes still remain very high, highly priced? I suspect they will, but maybe come down a bit. But if you've got a two million dollar home in Victoria, can you turn that into four one million dollar homes? Ooh. I think this may be popular with residents. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of wrinkles here. You know, what, what about parking? What about all the things that come with with uh, increased housing? Councillors will be talking about, and this came up, and we didn't get a lot of strong answers on this. What about the infrastructure needs that come with this? Yeah. What about sewage pipes, water pipes, parking needs? You know, all these things that come with increased density. Uh, they get flagged at municipal. The other interesting thing is we're not going to see many more hearings Yes. Over a lot of these are now no longer required uh, unless they're outside the community. Would, the, would this government really bring the hammer down to municipalities? You got a municipality says, "Look, we don't have the parking or the sewage infrastructure for all these homes." Is this prof- is this provincial government really going to say, "We don't care. We're going to force you to"? Yeah, well, homes. it's going to have. There is a clause in the bill that says the, the minister has an ability to override the council. Yeah. But already we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing a lot of councils already sign on to this. I mean, you know, Victoria Council's part of this. Um, Mike Hurley, I think, in Burnaby. And there's the, the, the two or three outliers are Oak, the affluent communities. So Oak Bay and West Vancouver. Let's see what happens there. They are notorious for not wanting to increase density in, within their confines, and we'll see if they, they actually do it. Okay, let's finish with... Former Premier John Horgan appointed yeah. as Canada's ambassador to Germany yesterday by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Let's go back into the audio vault here, Keith. So here is Horgan. <laughs> this is Horgan dropping an F-bomb in the legislature. He apologized for this. Have a listen. Do you care? Do you really care? Or do you want to hear yourself? Do you want a headline or do you want action? Uh, I'm so disappointed in all of you. Don't make it personal. Let's behave like adults, please. Uh, okay, he dropped the, the F bomb there. Yeah, yeah I'm, you know, Horgan, typical Horgan. I mean, he's he's pretty <laughs> passionate about stuff. So, yeah, he's uh, out of the blue. We didn't, you know, didn't see this coming. Although he did talk about potentially be, you know, wanting maybe to be the ambassador to Ireland if that ever came. Well, up. that would because, be his dream because that's where his parents are from. Yeah, uh, it's his ancestral roots, and he did say he was willing to do whatever Trudeau wanted him to do on certain assignments. And if you recall, when he was premier, no one got along better with Trudeau than John Horgan. Those yeah. two had the best working relationship of any premier and prime minister I've ever seen. So, yeah. Uh, but now, is this Trudeau? Uh, you know, if you recall, back in when his father was leaving the scene in 84, he handed out a whole bunch of appointments, mm. which became a dominant election issue in the 84 campaign when Brian Mulroney confronted Pierre Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau's patronage appointments, patronage appointments. going out the door, yeah. Um, now, this is not patronage. This is, you know, John Horgan was not a member of the Liberal Party. This yeah. is not rewarding party faithful. Um, and uh, it, But uh, I, I think it's based more on their strong relationship. We'll see if Trudeau hands out some other appointments in, in the months ahead, which could be a signal he may be leaving, uh, not choosing to run again, mm. uh, which certainly raises speculation. Now, back to Horgan yesterday. He's not giving any interviews. I did text him. Yeah, we text each other all the time, and I said, "Does this mean we ha- we should call you Herr Horgan now?" H E R R, the German Herr Horgan, Herr Horgan yeah. for yeah. a German word for Mister. And he texts back saying, "Sadly, more like no Herr Horgan." So he's <laughs> he's really balding. Uh, well, uh, how's his health? How's his health doing? I saw him a couple months ago. He's still doing pretty good. He must be doing okay. Free. I think he may. 
who knows? Maybe I know he's he's, he's cancer up, free, right? Cancer free. He's taking yeah. up a hobby, rock polishing. Oh, he's a rock hound. He's a rock hound. So I've got. Okay, he gave me two of his polished rocks that I put up on oh. my TV bookshelf. Okay, well, so he's now the ambassador to Germany. He's going to get set to move to Berlin here he's soon. A history okay, buff, so he's going to love the history over there, obviously. Okay, I'm loving the Beatles song. I you had a Beatles song because there's a new Beatles song out today. We'll be discussing that later on the show yeah. today. We'll there be playing go. the song. And I'll be going live to London to speak to the BBC music Ooh. correspondent about it. Yeah, so the new Beatles song the Beatles out today. Just keep on giving. Make sure you stick around for that. Go to your calls. Miles in White Rock. Hi, Miles. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Hi. Uh, Mike, I have a question for you. Uh, you had the uh, Nova Scotia MP on regarding the uh, home heating oil pause. Um, would it not have been more appropriate to have a liberal, a BC liberal MP on? God knows there are enough of them. I asked for, uh, I asked for one. So here's the back, back story on that. I reached out to the federal liberal party. I asked for an MP from British Columbia. I was originally offered, uh, Jonathan Wilkinson, Jonathan Wilkinson cabinet minister. Uh, they're great. We'll bring on Jonathan Wilkinson for sure. And then they said, well, he was not available. So they offered this MP from, uh, Nova Scotia instead. And you, you said to me on the break, I should have told him to take a hike. I should have told him to take a hike, but you know, or nothing. I still wanted to talk to this guy and, and, uh, and put a little heat on him and ask yeah. him what he thinks. And he said to me that he thinks Horgan, or Horgan, Eby. David Eby, should uh, pull the carbon tax off of home heating oil, you know, for the, the small number of people who use it here. So yeah. that, that's what that's what he said. Pressing, but, try to get welcome. But that is someone else on here. that is the backstory on that. And I, I, I still continue to ask for a British Columbia liberal MP to step up here on the carbon tax. Scott, North Delta. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. I love listening to you guys. I'm like addicted. Uh, anyways, I'll be brief. Um, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I got a master's in political science and, and work as a social worker. But I think potentially you guys might be missing a bit of the boat here. John Rustad, even though I think at times he's been pigeonholed, he's a bit of a kind of, on some issues, you know, the gender issues and stuff, he's a bit of a flake. But I think he could potentially be the Gordon Wilson that was in 1991 of 2024. Mm-hmm. And let me explain. Um, I think the general public, if you look at the big picture, when they look on one side of their shoulder, the federal government is getting more involved in their life. Look at the other side, the provincial government is getting more involved in their life. Look in front of you, the municipal government. And that also includes taxes. Like, for example, if 10 years ago somebody had asked you guys, would you, would you ever think society would agree that we'd have to walk into places and show identification that the government-mandated vaccinations were, were there? Like, I'm for vaccination. I am. But I think what's yeah. happening is for each issue, it's like, well, who wouldn't disagree with cameras in school safety zones? It's about protecting children. And of course, on an individual case, but who wouldn't disagree with the government being in charge okay. of determining what price I charge for my yeah. second car? Scott, thank you for well, the Scott call. Scott raised an interesting one. Uh, interesting. And he's talking about the leader of the B.C. Conservative Party yeah, out John here, Rustad. John Rustad, okay? So, yeah, so he raised an interesting point and an interesting parallel. So go back to 1991. I've had this conversation with you Democrats, and they are flagging this. In 1991, you saw an an institution party, the Social Credit Party, basically disappear, you know, govern the the province for the vast majority for decades. 
uh, suddenly were vanquished by the BC Liberal Party that came out of nowhere, and the, that's a, shows the BC that, Conservative Party do the same thing. There, there is seconds. that concern that from the New Democrats that suddenly do you see a whole shift of the electorate from yeah. one established party to a different party? Yeah, and they catch fire with the electorate. It hasn't happened yet, but it could happen. And if the uh, mark my words, if the Conservatives go up in the polls significantly and start to catch fire and vanquish BC United, which I don't necessarily think is going to happen, that could trigger a spring election.